Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello, here we are once again for another beautiful gathering here at Late Night Talks, the podcast for men. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, happy New Week to you. It's been chilly here where I am and we had a dusting of snow yesterday, which was pretty exciting for me because I love snow and I love the coolness of the winter. It really wakes you up when you step outside. <laughs> No, I truly love to dress in layers and I love to sleep under a lot of layers to keep me warm. It just, it makes me happy. And I find a lot of happiness in the littlest things. And I guess, you know what, what makes you happy? I mean, in the little things, the little things in each day that the sun rises and shares her blissful warmth with us. You know, what is it for you that maybe puts a little bit of a smile on your face? And just think about that for a moment. Because we often oversee a lot of the things that could put a smile on our face, but maybe we don't. We don't because we're not really appreciating it. And because we're so bombarded with so much that we kind of, like I said, we just have a tendency to oversee the smallest things that can make us happy. And we're so fortunate in this world that most of us are living in to have the things that we have. And when we have gratitude for those moments or these little tiny experiences throughout the day. And it could be, listen, having a cup of coffee and enjoying that cup of coffee or going into a store and, you know, the clerk is friendly to you and they put a smile on your face. It's these little things that add up and they add up to something so much bigger than we can see. But when we have this gratitude and, you know, this is what, like I said, it expands the heart. This is what breaks the code to a numb shutdown heart. Because I know some of you right now are feeling this way, especially with the holidays. And I feel you. The holidays are not an easy time for me anymore. And, you know, it's, I just, I know that there's a lot of people out in the world right now who really, really feel lonely or just feel stressed or overwhelmed during this time. And, you know, maybe you're feeling this way maybe because of an experience and maybe you're feeling hurt because of someone or something from your past. 
I just want you to know that your heart wants to heal. Seeing the littlest things in each day will help that. Maybe that's why you're here listening to this podcast. Maybe you're here because you're trying to find direction in some sort of healing. I don't know. But if you are out there and you're hurting, I want more than anything is to see you heal and thrive in life because I was there and that's what landed me here. And through you, I'm healing as well. And each day we're never fully healed. You know, we're never fully enlightened. There's growth in each and every day that we exist on this planet. So I'm fortunate to be able to be here and have this experience and have listeners and to also find my own healing in that. You know, dropping all guards and feeling safe to be vulnerable. And I know that's kind of weird to say as this is, you know, we're living in a digital world and you're listening to me over, you know, cyberspace here, but we need to start to come back together. And when you're ready to make your life better, I promise you, you will. And I think it's important to maybe find a muse. Find that inspiration. As an example, I use my pain from my past, not so much the pain, but the experience. Because as painful as it was, I've gained so much from it. And I would do it again. If I knew in that moment that I was going to gain the wisdom and just where it was going to take me in my life. So this is something that I look back to and that's what pushes me. That's what inspires me. So try and find that for yourself. Okay, so let's just keep moving on here. I don't want to take too much of your time, but Before we get started into tonight's topic, let's do a quick check-in and let's take a deep breath in through the nose and just start to take a couple seconds to become centered. Hand on the heart and if you can, close your eyes. What's your internal world speaking to you through any bodily feelings or emotions? Bring that awareness in. Again, we don't do anything with these feelings or anything. We're just simply bringing truth and awareness to them and acknowledging that they're there. And that's just perfect.
Now let's take a deep breath in. And as we breathe in, take in a pure, healing, gentle white light. And in this light, it's filled with abundance, confidence, and love. And allow this breath to be absorbed into your cells, your veins, and your blood circulating throughout your entire body. Now as you breathe out, we are blowing out the dark, dense, heavy energy that you've been carrying all this past week and let it all go. So good. Very good. Now tonight's discussion is on focus. We live in a world of distraction. So I thought it would be a good idea to talk about why sometimes we can't focus what's actually happening in the brain during those times and some of the common conditions that can wreak havoc on our cognition especially adult ADHD which is more common in men than women I actually suffer from this so you know we're going to cover some signs and symptoms to look for and whether you have ADHD or not this is not just podcast about ADHD. There's a lot of great information just for focus alone and concentration. So if you want to stick around and listen in, that would be great. So let's dive right on in. The information here is obviously not medical advice. I am not a doctor and it's best to seek a professional. Our brain is an information processing and managing center. Like I said, in today's world, it's extremely challenging to stay focused on tasks, projects, works, so forth, right? We're overloaded with endless sensory information, but our amazing brains can only effectively process so much at a time. The adult brain only constitutes 2% of body mass. However, it consumes 20% of the body's energy. In fact, your brain burns more energy at rest than a human thigh while running. So, as we all know, the brain is extremely busy. We aren't even aware of how much it does and what takes place in our brains on a daily basis. The human brain can process 11 million bits of information every second. However, our conscious mind can only handle 2 to 60 bits per second. That's the 11 million bits of information being transmitted, but an estimated 2 to 60 bits per second for maybe information, decision-making, perception, motion, and language, and up to 10 bits per second of that being processed by the brain. So consider all the activity that's, you know, that the brain is managing without us being consciously aware, our breathing, our hearts beating, the pumping of our blood into the veins, the movement of our bodies, our vision, even the steps that we take, right? So fortunately, the brain has developed a very effective system called attention, 
when prioritizing on incoming information. Only the most relevant information is what is focused on, and the rest is just basically ignored. So in order for us to focus on one thing, we must by default ignore many other things. As Tim Ferriss states, what you don't do determines what you can do. So what are some of the factors as to why it may be difficult to concentrate and stay focused? Being unable to concentrate can also be a result of chronic conditions. And these conditions include alcohol and drug abuse. For example, 75% of ecstasy users have memory impairments from both long and short-term use. The Journal of Psychopharmacology published a study in 2010 that found ecstasy impacts perspective memory. And this is part of the brain that remembers that you need to remember something. This type of memory is linked to the brain's ability to organize, plan, and do multiple things at a time, you know, at the same time. Other conditions include epilepsy, insomnia, diabetes, fibromyalgia, sleep apnea, remember we talked about that, mental illness or disorders, medications, OCD, depression, maybe a concussion, thyroid dysfunctions, vitamin deficiency, which are required for the creation of the neuroadrenaline and the dopamine in our bodies, low iron, abnormalities in hormones, and even trauma can impact the neurodevelopment of the brain, and it can result in cognitive issues, even impulse dysregulation and emotional dysregulation. Some lifestyle changes that can affect our focus and attention include even just having lack of sleep, hunger, excessive stress, maybe anxiety. And a big one is ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And this is the one I will be focused (laughs) on today because it's so common. Before I share this information, I know we can get on Google and we can you know, get some information and we so quickly self-diagnose, right? (laughs) So it's important not to do that and to get properly evaluated by a professional who maybe specializes in ADHD. Again, lack of focus could mean several other factors that I shared. So it's, it's really important to get the correct evaluation to be properly diagnosed. What is ADHD anyway? What's it all about? ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder and it occurs in children, teens, and adults. It was first recognized about 100 years ago as a childhood disorder found mainly in boys and it was initially described as hyperactivity or hyperkinetic disorder of childhood. This is an abnormal behavior that was found as a result of a biological condition rather than the result of, say, poor parenting. It is one of the most common childhood disorders, and it can continue through adolescence and into adulthood. It's really defined also as a pattern of inattention, hyperactivity, impulsiveness, or a combination of all three of these characteristics. 
Actually, in the United States, around 60% of children with ADHD grow up to be adults with ADHD. This equates to approximately 4% of the adult population or approximately 8 million people. Males are almost three times as likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than females during their lifetime. I didn't do much research on why this is, but there are different theories out there on why this could be. As I mentioned, ADHD is a biological condition with the majority of cases being hereditary in nature, and it manifests itself extremely early in brain development. It's possible for adults with ADHD to display the same symptoms as they had as children. And although hyperactivity often diminishes by age, right? Inattentiveness and impulsivity may continue. Hyperactivity is a hallmark for childhood ADHD. However, only about 30% of these children with this condition continue to have that hyperactivity as a symptom in adulthood. It's that internal hyperactivity that persists and manifests itself to look more like internal agitation or anxiety. Actually, 50% of individuals with ADHD suffer from an anxiety disorder. Another key element that can be seen in ADHD adults is severe procrastination. Obviously, ADHD can affect learning, but it is not a learning disability. The challenge is in concentrating and the hyperactivity that can impact a person's ability to learn. What is the root cause of ADHD? Well, as I previously mentioned, it's mostly genetic in nature. It's actually believed that genetics has a role in more than 70% of cases of ADHD. Toxins and lead exposure, even modest amounts of lead present in paint of older houses constructed before 1978 can, can play a role, according to the National Institute of Health. Exposure to substances while in the womb. According to a 2018 research published in Pediatrics, there is a statistically significant association between smoking during pregnancy and the chance of having an ADHD child. So children whose moms smoked heavily were at higher risk of developing ADHD. Another research that was conducted on maternal alcohol use And this was also shown that the consumption of at least four drinks or frequent consumption of low to moderate alcohol dosages during pregnancy was connected with substantially higher risks of later childhood ADHD in children. If your maternal mother had a poor diet and poor nutrition, that can play a role. Infections during pregnancy might increase the likeliness of ADHD. In addition, conditions like meningitis can also play a role. A small proportion of the population will have signs of ADHD as a consequence of, say, brain damage or brain trauma. So what is happening in the brain 
when it comes to ADHD. Like what's happening up there when we're struggling? The neurotransmitter neuropinephrine, which is connected to dopamine, it's found in low doses in the brains of those who have ADHD. Dopamine is responsible for the controlling of our brain's reward and pleasure system. So there's four functional areas of the brain that are impaired in someone that has ADHD. The first is the frontal cortex. This is in charge of attention. It's in charge of the ability to make decisions and organization. The second is the limbic system. This is a deep-seated portion of the brain that's responsible for controlling emotions and attention. The third is the basal ganglia. When this happens, inner brain connection and information may be disrupted, leading to a loss of, boom, concentration and impulsivity. (laughs) But last but not least, there's something called a reticular activating system. Among the many channels that enter and exit the brain, this is the most important relay system. Imaging cues also show structural abnormalities found in the brain of ADHD patients. They include low-density gray matter, abnormalities in structure of the white matter, lower than normal total brain volume, reduced size in some parts of the brain, slower than normal cortical maturation up to adult life, reduced cortical thickness in adults, especially of the cortical network responsible for attention. As you can see, the differences between the ADHD brain and the normal brain lies in the structure, function, and the brain development. So how do you know you may have ADHD? Maybe you have it, you don't know it. Maybe you don't have it at all, but here are some of the signs or symptoms to look for. And these behavior manifestations usually appear in multiple contexts. You know, home, school, work, and even in relationships. Here's what it might look like. You may have difficulty paying attention to detail or tasks. You know, it might be very challenging to sit through this podcast. For instance, it may be challenging to sit through long lectures, even conversations, even reading a book for long periods of time. You might notice as you're sitting there having a conversation with someone or you're listening to something and your mind starts to wander off into la-la land, into a whole nother place. You might struggle with instruction or duties in the workplace. You may start a project and not finish it because you lose focus or it begins to get difficult. So you move on to something else. You may avoid certain tasks that require that sustained attention and focus. You might be very disorganized and maybe messy. You may be late all the time because of poor management skills. You may make careless mistakes and lack that attention to detail, overlooking and missing details. Maybe you're always losing keys, glasses, your phone, important paperwork, not paying bills on time. You know, you forget someone's name right after they tell you what it is. 
Maybe you forget to take care of daily tasks or return someone's call or return an email or to check an email or even to keep appointments. You know, maybe there's relationship problems because of this. You know, sometimes it it can seem like you're irresponsible because you might not be able to hold a job down or, you know, you're just kind of like all over the place. And really, when you have ADHD, you can lack a lot of self-esteem because sometimes everything feels like a struggle to someone with an ADHD brain. And it can really be an issue and, and hold you back from creating what you want in your life because you're so easily distracted. The brain scattering that takes place can interfere with being productive. You could be focused on a project, on one thing, and then your mind starts with the other thoughts or your phone notifies you about something and you jump on your phone and you're on your phone and then you're redirected to another thought and then it just goes on and on and on. Does that sound familiar to any of you out there? And if it's something that you're dealing with or you've dealt with your whole life, I know how utterly annoying it can be. But there's great techniques and treatment out there. Both, you know, you can get on medication and you can go a holistic route as well. So some of the the treatments involved, there's many different avenues for ADHD treatment. Many prescribed stimulants that are found to be very successful in some patients with this disorder. There's also therapeutic benefits to the stimulants. However, there's always some side effects and risks when it comes to taking any medications. I don't take any medications. I don't like to be on medication, but this is something that the doctor would need to discuss with you, obviously. It can be important to start to monitor and log your ADHD so that moving forward you can see what's working and what's not working when you feel better or more focused than other times. Some of the changes that you can start with are creating a sleep routine. You know, if you've listened to the podcast that I recently did on sleep, you're going to, you know, be blown away by what a lack of sleep can do and what it's doing to the body. You know, what we're putting in our body and even exercise, these things can all help with focus and concentration. Also, um, there's cognitive behavior therapy. There's neurofeedback. Another great one is meditation. And I can't speak enough about meditation, turning everything off, having nothing on, no distractions, and just purely focusing on your breathing. And if you do get distracted, go right back to focusing on your breath. Even if it's just for one minute, and then the next day or the next couple days, move it up to three minutes, and then five minutes, and then 10 minutes. This will help to sharpen your focus and to expand your focus time. Repeat the words of others while they're talking to you. This is something that I've been doing 
and it really helps me to stay focused on what they're talking about or, you know, it keeps me on track so that my mind doesn't wander. So you repeat the words of others in your head. This is something that will keep you focused and it will help you to remember. Also, say to yourself, you know, focus to remind yourself to focus. Tell yourself in your mind, stay focused, stay focused. (laughs) Now, there's certain things that people with ADHD are good at. Like we can stay focused when we're emotionally involved with something that we're really into. We have to be fully into whatever it is and we can remember anything and our, our attention is fully on that. So I think our emotions play a part too when we're more emotionally involved. You know, I can remember every little bit of information from, you know, people that I've been with and even my friendships, you know, it's, it's people that I'm emotionally, um, involved with, I guess. I remember everything that they say, but certain things, certain information, it just doesn't process right away for me. So I don't know. But if you don't have ADHD and you're still here and I applaud you for that because I know that this can get a little boring if you're you're not really dealing with this issue but if you are let's talk about how focus works in the brain so even while you're listening to me you may not notice but you know there's three separate forms of attention at work each of which that contributes to your capacity to concentrate and focus, right? We have selected attention, we have divided attention, and then we have sustained attention. We're selective about basically what we want to focus on. And as a result, we neglect and dismiss other things. With divided attention, we're handling and processing, you know, several sources at the same time. And this is like say driving a car we're driving a car but our our attention is on so many other different things at the same time as far as sustained attention is concerned we're able to you know maintain our attention on one single thing for an extended period of time a function is known as efficient attention is how the brain regulates its capacity to concentrate it shifts key information, pushing it up the ladder for deeper processing while blocking disruptions from unimportant bits and pieces. I think throughout our days, sometimes we just have to remember also that we have two modes, the default mode and the focused mode, right? Default is where we're spending more of our time in the negative experiences of stress, anxiety, depression, you know, restlessness. We need to start staying more in the focused brain. This is where we're happier, we're more content, we're peaceful. But most people only spend about 25% in this state, in the focused state. Most people live in their default state. You know, this is why I do the weekly check-ins that we do on this podcast. We stop, we become aware and conscious about our inner state. So that we can really put forth the effort to look at what we are truly spending our time doing. 
where we are truly focused. You must stop sometimes. And for me, you know, I was always focused on other people and helping them be better or to try and help them to build them up to be better and trying to make their life the best while my life was falling apart. But since I've changed that, since I've redirected my focus now, I'm building up my own life. And it's all because I'm focused on that. A lack of focus really chips away every part of life, including, like I said, self-confidence. It creates insecurity. And this leads to depression, anxiety, and self-sabotage. So let's start looking at some of the things that might be distracting you. Is it social media? TV? cell phones, video games. These are all thieves of time. Time where we can be way more productive in life once we become more focused. You know, as I said last week, the average person scrolls through 300 feet of social media content every day on their phones. So if I go on social media now, I stop myself after like five minutes. I'm focused on stopping myself because I would rather be doing something that's going to better my life and social media and scrolling through isn't going to do that for me. And I know there's a lot of people that work online and their business is all about the media and I get that, but it's a good approach is to just start blocking off certain times throughout the day to use it. You know, our minds are always distracted. Even when we're not on social media. You know, this is a source of many serious problems. The kind of activity is referred to as an ambient neural activity. In most cases, dreaminess is caused by the nervous system constantly digesting, reconfiguring, losing contact with the reality and reconnecting with it. The moment distraction comes, like I said, maybe it's a notification on your phone, it gains access to your attention. And it's almost impossible to stop yourself from probing more since your attention has already been diverted. But many of life's distractions are self-induced. So it's up to us to train our minds for better focus. Ways to conquer lack of focus. Now the brain is essential for us, right? It's essential for us to be doing what we're doing right here now in this very moment, listening or whatever. If you're working, listening while I'm talking, like I need my brain. (laughs) It's working the rest of my body. And this organ needs nurturing care first thing first. It needs our attention. And we cannot focus on a dehydrated brain. We need to hydrate the brain. Okay. According to American College of Nutrition, even just 2% of dehydration takes a toll on brain function. These symptoms may look like memory loss 
poor focus and attention, slow processing of information, maybe irritability and headaches. And the crazy thing about it is the brain starts to shrink like a freaking prune while just mildly dehydrated. So it literally shrinks in volume. We need to drink. Drinking water lubricates everything in the body and its organs. Other things that we can do is the day before we can write a list of what needs to be done the next day. And we have to make sure that we get it done. And as we visualize that for ourselves, the following day it won't feel so overwhelming. Become resistant to temptation in being distracted. Turn off that phone. Turn off that TV or electrical device while focused on a task. And when you feel yourself being pulled, ask yourself, what is better for your well-being? What you're doing or where you're being pulled to? Other things is you can write a list of what you need versus what you want. This list will help keep your impulses at bay. You know, create a morning routine and establish maybe three tasks that have to absolutely get done throughout that day. And kind of like I mentioned, think about how good it'll feel in your body when each task is done. And when we do this with anything in life, the subconscious mind will work right along with you to make it a reality. What hours of the day do you work best? Use those hours to be more focused or more productive and experiment with different hours and see how well you're paying attention and notice your energy levels, your thought patterns or the distractions around those times. We really can't multitask because we never do our best on anything when we're focused on several different things, right? It's important to train the brain, the muscles in the brain by stretching our focus time. So if you're reading a book and you can only sit and read for maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes, push yourself to stay there for an extra five you know, do that for a week and then the next week push it to 10 and just keep expanding those muscles in your brain. It's all part of the neuroplasticity too. Strengthening your willpower and your discipline. You know, the willpower is the fuel of your action and your discipline is the ability to plow through any distraction and any of those voices telling you that you can't do it or you don't feel like doing it find the strength in those. It's important to start maybe implementing small new habits into the daily routine. And as you do this, over time, the brain will see it's not so much of an option. It's just something that becomes habitual. It's something that has to get done. Listening to classical music like Mozart on low when you're studying, this is known to increase the ability to concentrate and focus as well. It's called the Mozart effect. Let's have a look at some of the several crucial vitamins that might aid 
with cognition and attention before we wrap things up tonight. I know this is longer. And if you're still here listening, I don't know if you are or not, but God bless you if you are, because (laughs) this is definitely um, one of my longer, I think this might be like the longest podcast I've ever done anyway. So vitamin B is well known for enhancing attention and alertness while also providing an energy boost. In order to achieve optimum attention, focus, and productivity, the crucial vitamin Bs are B3, B9, and B12. Some foods that you can eat and find the vitamin Bs, green beans, potatoes, asparagus, eggs, cheese, spinach, avocados, crab, and milk all contain vitamin Bs. The next vitamin is vitamin D. This is a fat soluble vitamin. This is one of the most effective supplements for improving attention and focus. It is so necessary for proper neuron activities in order for the brain to activate quickly, as well as over 200 biological processing ranging from regulating mood to bone health. I should also mention that D3 is really something that is ideal to be taking right now, especially with COVID. Many experts advise that we should be taking vitamin D3 as well. You can go and do your research on that. Um, you know, obviously you have to talk to your doctor about it as well. If you, if you're, you know, if you have certain conditions, it's important to do that. Most individuals here in the United States, at least, are low in D3, especially vegans and vegetarians in particular. They're at, you know, a more significant risk. So it's, it's really important to, to look into D3. And it's, like I said, it's really going to help with, it's, it's really going to help with focus and attention. D3 is obviously we can get it from our sunshine bathing in her light for 20 to 30 minutes a day. That's very beneficial, but some of us can't do that. Some foods that it can be found in is salmon, herring, sardines, tuna, oysters, shrimp, and mushrooms. The next is fatty acids, the omega-3 family. This is a critical supplement for optimum performance in such areas as vision, heart, liver fat, and much more. But it also improves our attention span, memory, neurotransmission speed, and the capacity to complete activities. So focus. Foods that omega-3s can be found in is salmon, fatty fish, oysters, sardines, anchovies, caviar, chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts, dairy, and grass-fed beef. The next one is vitamin C, another excellent option to consider taking these days. Vitamin C is actually required for the production of the neurotransmitter norepinephrine. Blueberries, Brussels sprouts, chili peppers, thyme, spinach, kale, broccoli, lemons, strawberries, papayas, and oranges all contain vitamin C. Finally, 
The last on the list is magnesium. This has a ton of advantages and it's another mineral that most people are deficient in. And even if you go get a test from the doctor, it isn't always accurate because magnesium is actually stored in our bones. So it's often hidden. This is something that I, I was learning about a long while ago because I knew my body was deficient in magnesium. Anyway, it's got several health advantages when taking it, but you have to be careful not to take too much. So I have a liquid form and I only take it like twice a week. It'll help with keeping you more calm and less stressed. Some foods that contain magnesium would be almonds, cashews, maybe avocados, seeds, spinach, and dark chocolate, my favorites. I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> wow. Goodness gracious. We are all done. I know this was very long. Like I said, I'll be very surprised if people sat through this because I know some of the information can seem a little bit not that exciting, but this is kind of important information when it comes to our health. And if you really want to learn to focus, improving the mind is crucial. And keep in mind that every action you perform, good or bad, will have an impact on you. Brain games as well and memory games. This will also help you to expand your uh, concentration and your focus. I, I meant to add them earlier and I, I forgot to mention them, but they will, they will help you. There's so many different options to choose from online. Whether you have ADHD or not, they do have different games for those people that have ADHD. So that's something you can also look into to help with that. And I hope that you do find help. I hope that you just, I think it's important to just know that you're now becoming aware of more, the more distractions that will just help in itself, right? Just having awareness. That's what we talk about here on this podcast. And I know you're all sick and tired of hearing that, <laughs> but I just, you know, it's, it's just true. Anyway, guys, I hope that you can start integrating these tools into your life. I am so happy that you came and listened and I am wishing you the most beautiful week ahead and I cannot wait to be here next week with you. Any questions, feel free to reach out at ConsciousWisdomHealing at gmail.com. Be well. I'm sending love and light as always. <laughs>